Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, hour number two, right on time, Coulter, today. All we got to do is start the show early every day, and then we can get out on time at the top of the hour. What a beautiful thing. Gotta love it. Who wants to go see the B-52s? Everybody. Kettle House Amphitheater, a week from tomorrow, we're going to register our third contestant for B-52s tickets with a name that tune right now, which will come with a four-pack of tickets to an Osprey game no matter what, whether you win the tickets or not. So uh, we'll do that here in just a minute. It is hour number two. We are broadcasting live through the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris is celebrating their 30th birthday. Today is the last day of that 30th birthday, the last day of July, and they are offering you 30% off. Got to get in right now on your way home from work. Drop by Kurtz Polaris, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month for Kurtz's 30-year anniversary sale. If you missed anything in the first hour, we got you on the podcast. The podcast is available on the TuneIn Radio app and on iTunes and on Spotify and anywhere you get podcasts. Listen to the Two Tell Nuanas podcast brought to us by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Uh, Coulter, we're here at the Desperado. There's some Whitmers out there floating around. I see the uh, the folks are enjoying themselves down mm-hmm. here. You can still come down. We just pulled a name out of the hat for the Grizz Ducks tickets. We're waiting on Don to see if Don's Don there. Green, if you're listening, did come not, on down to the Desperado. So if we don't hear from Don here in about five minutes or so, we're going to pull another name out and uh, see if we get somebody. Got to be present to win. So we'll see if we can get somebody here going that way. But Coulter, before we get to all of that, 
Let's see about registering somebody for a Name That Tune. We are sending one of you over to the uh, 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 Kettle House Amphitheater a week from tomorrow to the Kettle House Amphitheater to see the B-52s. We're registering four of you, one of you each day, uh, three this week, one on Monday, and then we will give these away on Tuesday. But no matter what happens, we will give away a four-pack of tickets to an Osprey game as well if you can name the artist and the song. Now, today's artist and song, a little bit different, a little bit different. I don't know, man. <laughs> it just I don't shows know. you what sort of rock you live under. No, this man. one of the biggest hits in the history of music. This is certainly Period. one of the biggest artists in the history of music. I don't know if it's one of the biggest hits. It's his biggest hit, and he's one of the biggest artists artist in the history of music, as you just said. Uh, okay, so we already know it's a he. Okay, you've, so you've given that away. Uh, so here we go. 329-1899. Name that tune. Reese, hit it, my man. It is a very well-known song. It is a very well-known song. Who is singing that song? 329-1899, 329-1899. Give us a call. Name that tune. You will be one of four finalists to go see the B-52s at the Kettle House next week. Uh, so we got a caller on the line. Go ahead. Who's Who do we got here? Give us your name. Uh, John. John? Yeah. Who do you have? Who do, do you know who the artist is, and do you know what the name of the song is? Pretty sure. I mean, I'm I'm 100% confident it's Prince, but I think it's a little red Corvette. It is Prince. Say the name of the song again. Little Red Corvette. Coulter, is it Little Red Corvette? It is not. It is not Little Red Corvette. Do you, know, can, do you have a second guess on the name of the song? Uh, when Doves Cry. It is When Doves Cry. I'm giving it to him because here's the thing: the knowing that it's Prince, even uh, now, I would I'm. I know that it's Prince. I would never in a year, in 100 years known the name of the song. So he gets <laughs> When Doves Cry. John, congratulations. You got yourself a four-pack of tickets to an upcoming Osprey game. And coming up here uh, on Tuesday, we're going to pull a name out to go to that B-52s concert, okay? Awesome. Thanks, guys. You got it. Give your information to Reese. Congratulations to John. Where doves cry? When doves cry? When do, doves cry? Do doves cry? I, I, this is a phenomenon I was not familiar with. <laughs> Prince had four number one hits in his uh, epic career. This one was number one in the country for eight weeks, which is a significant portion of time. Bruce Springsteen, consequently, never has had a number one hit, likely because the only song Bruce Springsteen's ever had that was. Coulter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls, I love Rainbow's End, I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely the, the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana. It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for internet, voice, professional services, anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expand, expanding their fiber network into Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call. 
866-541-5000 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. In the top three or four range, Dancing in the Dark, was number two for the exact eight weeks that When Doves Cry was number one. Why do you know that? What do you mean? Why do I know anything? I mean, that's the Why right Why do answer. I know who the head coach of the Miami Dolphins is? I don't know. You just do. No, you don't. Who is it? Ryan Forrest. Dang, you do. Okay. Uh, hour number two coming <laughs> at you. We got to talk about a couple of things. We, we discussed this a little bit earlier, but Michael Thomas, $100 million, Coulter, to Michael Thomas today. $61 million guaranteed. It's a five-year extension, so obviously that works out to $20 million a year. Um, do you know how dead cap money works in the NFL? Um, so uh, there's certain ways you can structure salaries. Like, for example, the Aaron Rodgers contract where he gets nearly $60 million the first 12 months of the contract. That's to avoid dead cap weight because if, if you're getting paid up front, that doesn't actually take a cap hit. There's contracts that the more salary – or excuse me, the more signing bonus you get, the less of a cap hit it's going to be for your team. Okay. Well, in any case, there's like $26 million in dead cap money on the books for the Saints next season. And so I don't know what this does or doesn't do as it pertains to that, but $61 million guaranteed on a five-year extension for Michael Thomas. It keeps him in New Orleans, I believe, through 2024 is uh, is what I saw. And Michael Thomas is uh, one of the elite wide receivers and, and particularly of the next gen. I mean, he's younger than Super Odell. Young. He's younger than Jarvis Landry. He's younger than, obviously, Julio Jones and Antonio Brown and all of these guys. So he is... He is the best great young wide receiver in the NFL right now. Obviously, his rapport with Drew Brees, and how much longer is Drew Brees going to go? I don't know. What, did he not throw for – I mean, he threw for 4,000 yards again last year, coming up on 5,000, I think, uh, for Drew Brees He's again last three, season. 39-92 last year. What? 32 touchdowns. But that's because the Saints – you know, they, they were, I think, third in the NFL in rushing. I mean, they had Alvin Kamara and, and Mark Ingram combined for nearly 1,600 yards rushing right. as well. So you know, the Saints' offensive attack prolific. Here's my question, though. Is this money well spent? Is this money well spent? Because you got Alvin Kamara, you got to pay him for sure, right? I mean, here this is the one situation, not the one, but sort of an odd situation where the, the running back is more valuable as an individual than the top wide receiver. I think in the NFL, that's maybe a bit of a toss-up, but I think usually people look at the ru- what running backs is expendable, is next guy up kind of thing. But Alvin Kamara, what he brings to this team is dynamic. It also moves into the passing game as well, which is significant, you know, as far as that goes. But when you talk about, you know, $100 million to to a position player, to a wide receiver, I mean, that's, that's tying up some cash now. I mean, they had never paid more than $10 million a year to anybody at any position that wasn't uh, at any skill position that wasn't a quarterback with the exception of of Jimmy Graham they gave him 10 million dollars one time now they've doubled it it's a very compelling question to me is this worth it because i think if you understand the nuances of the Saints offense they play more skill players and they get the ball into the hands of more skill players than anybody in the NFL mm-hmm. even with Alvin Kamara's great start to his career he's still been a split carries type of guy even though he is he can be a first and third down back he still often splits the playing time in the backfield he did last year with mark ingram 
he overtook Mark Ingram down the stretch, but still you're rotating a lot. But they've had such a such a long string of tight ends. They've had so many guys, including Josh Hill, Idaho State alum, who has really carved out a nice career there as a pass catching tight end. But you know, at one point they had Kobe Fleeter and Ben Watson and um, and Josh Hill as tight ends, so they rotate their tight ends a ton, and they rotate all their receivers a ton too, and they have a lot of gadget guys. I mean, Teddy Ginn is still making money in the NFL because he can take the top off. But the guy who doesn't come off the field for the Saints is Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Yeah. And you can move Michael Thomas around. He can operate on the outside. He can operate on the inside. There's very few guys that can do that at an elite level. And I think when you run a style of offense like the Saints run, although they have been more uh, prone to run the football lately the last couple of years there's still an air there's still an aired out type of attack and the thing about michael thomas is i mean last year he averaged 11 and a half catches per game i mean that's a huge number it's gigantic for a guy like drew Brees to have him as a safety blanket and i think that because he is 25 uh because he is an up-and-comer because he is the best of the next generation uh i i do think you take the risk and do it because I think that you can't you just can't afford to lose that guy because we talked about yesterday the window of NFL teams. The Saints window is now. Drew Brees. I mean that's exactly that's uh, he he has to get this done right now. Yeah, uh, three hundred twenty one career catches, the most ever by far. The first three years of an NFL uh, 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 career. All right, Coulter, we have not heard from Don. It's time to pick another name out and okay. see if we can get a winner here for Grizzly versus Oregon football tickets. Sending you out to Eugene, a pair of tickets to Eugene, Oregon. Go ahead, Coulter, pick a name out. Let's see what we got now. A lot of names in this thing. These things are getting stuffed. They are getting stuffed. We got Trent Laird. Trent. Do we have Trent sitting around in, Trent here, anywhere? in here anywhere? Okay, looking around. Okay, we'll see if we can get uh, Trent going. You want to... What are you gonna? You gonna give you your personal number there, Colter? Well, I was gonna maybe text him. You know, okay. I don't know. All right, but I right. uh, don't know if that's a cell phone number or not. Well, we don't know. The last right. one was a landline. We'll, so. we'll 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 reach out to Trent, Trent, and we will put him on the clock as well. See what we can do about getting somebody out here to this Grizzly football game. Colter and I down here at the Desperado Sports Tavern, uh, broadcasting here this afternoon. Colter uh, wanted to get into a little bit of stuff from. Uh, for, I almost said training camp from fall camp. It's not they know it. Training camps, NFL, fall camp, college football. That's yep. how they do it. So uh, uh, you said, hey, let's talk about three things that we're keeping our eye on here in uh, in fall camp headed into the season. Because here's the thing: tomorrow and Friday, no two telling the one as boys and girls. I know, dry your tears, please. Hold you know, hold <laughs> it together for the be strong for the rest of us. But uh, we will be out. Uh, I uh, will be out of town on vacation. I'll be coming back Tuesday. Coulter will be back with you on Monday. Uh, but we will not be here on uh, Thursday and Friday. And what that means by the next time we get together, Coulter, camp's going to be rolling. We're going to be in it. It's going to be happening. So said, hey, what are the three things we're looking for, you know, going into camp? My number one thing, and look, I mean, sometimes the obvious thing just is the right thing to say, who's playing quarterback at Montana State? You know, who's going to line back, line up back there? I'll be interested to see, you know, this is one of those uh, uh, interesting situations in which watching, you know, 
Bauman and Rovig play and see who's the better of them is one thing, and the coaches will assess it, and we'll hear things as we go. I think also, just numerically, how much is Troy Anderson back there? Because I think that he's going to be at least some. Is he back there 10%? Is he back there not at all? Is he back there 50%? And I think that will be an indicator to me of kind of what they're thinking about, you know, with him. Now, I would, I would think at the front end of camp, that most of that work is not going to go to him. That most of it's going to go to those two other guys that try and see what do we have here right now. But as you get going and as you get further into it and you put you know have more installations and so forth, you know now all of a sudden maybe 15 ends up back there a little bit more. So that's something I'm going to keep my eye on, not just the, the quarterback battle, but also the uh, integration or, or not of of of, of uh, Troy Anderson. The way the Bobcats do fall camp on Deitch Field, they have basically four full soccer field style grass fields, and they do they do it a very old school way with a very new age efficiency. A lot of times, you go ones versus ones or ones versus twos, twos versus threes, and then the next group is up. The next group is up, and a fast tempo rotate in and out. The Bobcats split the fields up. So a lot of times they're going ones versus ones and twos versus twos at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. you got some coaches over here, some coaches over here. Because of that, guys get a ton of reps. And I, I think that that's going to be really advantageous for them as they try to decide this quarterback battle, mainly between the two leading candidates of Tucker Rovick and Casey Bauman. But on the other side of it, I'm so interested to see Montana State has now a roster that's flush with both talent and depth. It's the first time they've been in that situation since Jeff Choate took over. He's bemoaned the lack of depth uh, pretty adamantly over the last three years. Now they have a bunch of guys who can play. When you're playing against your twos and you've got guys like Nolan Askelson and Michael Jobman and maybe even Josh Hill if he returns from injury playing linebacker and you have some other you know, good players, guys like, you know, guys like uh, JoJo Henderson, you know, playing as your number two safety. Those guys are given really, really good looks. It's not redshirt freshman meat squad type guys. So now all of a sudden you can operate at a high level, but does having two pretty green quarterbacks who are under a spotlight, under heavy pressure, affect the efficiency of camp? That was my number one thing that I'm going to watch. It's not just the quarterbacks, but just how does everything operate? Because now they have this roster where the, the way that they conduct fall camp with the split fields and everybody taking so many different reps, it's the way to accelerate the individual development on the roster. If, though, the quarterbacks aren't in the groove, it could derail just the efficiency that everybody else is making. If, if the quarterbacks are just having a bad day, you know, what sort of reps are the receivers getting? How does the offensive line look comparatively against a group that should be one of the best D-lines in the Big Sky Conference? When they, you know, Say the quarterback, like Tucker Rovick's had a penchant for holding on to the ball a little bit too long. If he's holding on to the ball a little bit too long, how good does Bryce Dirk look on the days you know, when, when he's right. got an extra couple seconds to get around the edge? So I just want to know how they're going to evaluate all this stuff uh, if and when the quarterbacks hit some speed bumps. My whole number one key for them is just the operation of fall camp through the lens of, like you said, the quarterback battle. Uh, okay, that's my, that's one for me. Coulter, what about for you? What's one that you got? Uh, I will say this one for the Montana Grizzlies. I think that the number one thing that I know my eyes will gravitate towards is the transfers. Montana brought in a ton of transfers uh, during the during the uh, off season. They, they brought in uh, the big offensive guard from East Arizona College, who uh, sounds like he is the absolute real deal. That could solidify the center of their offensive line, which could yes. be huge for Montana. Uh, they brought in not one, not two, but three guys that they expect to play on the edge. I think that Mason Vineyard's measurables are tremendous. He's six foot five, 235 pounds. He ran at 10, 900 meters in high school. He's long. He's lean. He looks like a Pac-12 defensive end, which he was at Washington State. Can't 
can he play? You know, what 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 is his level of engagement? What's his level of motor? Uh, you know, the Barbosa kid from from the uh, North Carolina State. You know, how how does he fit into the mix? Can he play like he looks? Because he looks like a very physically formidable guy uh, who should be able to make an impact right away. And then you talk about Ryder Rice. He's actually the most proven of those guys because he's produced at the collegiate level before. You know, he was a All-American at Rocky Mountain College right. last year. And, you know, 12 and a half sacks in the frontier, I don't think he's going to go out and be a double-digit sack guy in the big sky, but he's a guy that's not scared to play in games. You know he can produce. It's just a matter of how quickly can he learn how to produce stepping up a level. That'll be interesting for me. Uh, and then, you know, the cornerback transfers as well. They brought in three different corners. The Hemp Hill kid who, who sat out last year but was a part of the program probably is going to have an inside track there. Uh, but how do those corners push the returning starters like Darion Nash and like Justin Calhoun. Yeah, I think that I thought I thought Nash and Calhoun were better than I thought they were going to be as converted wide receivers a year ago. They were competitive and they were they were pretty good, but they're not elite corners yet. Can the transfers either push them to become elite corners or can the transfers take the spot? And either way, I think you're in a win-win situation because then I think you upgrade not only your talent but also your depth yeah. on the outside. So I think that you know Montana has always had an influx of, of transfers, but Bobby Houck, Bobby Houck. Besides the transfer, Bobby Houck had a, a, a small group of transfers he brought in the first time around that got in a lot of trouble off the field. That was very controversial. But in terms of just the operation in the locker room, I think Coach Houck manages transfers, at drop-down transfers at the FCS level better than almost any coach I've seen because Bobby Houck recruits you to his program and then nothing is given. I've seen so many times, both since Coach Houck left at Montana and since you know during the Rob Ash era at Montana State, where guys who transfer in, they have an air of entitlement, and the program lets them maintain that air of entitlement. Bobby Houck does not. I've seen him, I mean, I've seen guys that have come in thinking they're going to start day one that didn't start ever, but they, right. but then they earn their way onto the field. So it's not like a shoe-in, you're a for-sure starter if you're a transfer when you're playing in Bobby Houck's program. And I'm just so interested to see how these guys react because a lot of times the transfers, even if that's emphasized to them in the recruiting process, even then, sometimes they just think, hey, you know, I played at Washington State. I played it at North Carolina State. I'm going to walk into Montana and start day one. Coach Houck's never going to let you do that. Right. So uh, I think that that's going to be uh, yeah, an interesting part to watch for Grizzfall Camp. It is Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, broadcasting live from the Desperado Sports Tavern. Come on down, hang out with us for a little uh, little while. We'd enjoy seeing you. One of the things, Coulter, that I'm really interested in, uh, in taking a look at, and I, I don't know how much we'll see in camp, but what's the running back situation for the University of Montana? Totally. You bring in Marcus Knight, who, you know, has got all the measurables that you want to see. I don't know what he looks like having the football obviously Adam Eastwood coming up with coach Houck from San Diego State got a ton of playing and it was really kind of the bell cow last year for this team Drew Turner rolls in as a redshirt freshman uh you know from uh from from Kalispell uh who's uh you know who's on the team and then you know a couple other guys how much uh are are, are uh 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 Garrett Graves, excuse me, uh, going to be able to work in no to the mix. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of dudes. And outside of Adam Eastwood, I mean, almost no playing time, nothing that we've seen particularly. And so where are we at with, you know, that when it comes to uh, this football team? Because, you know, that's going to be a big part of it. Look, they, they, they're they setting the offensive line, but there's major question marks in terms of personnel. And again, I don't think people are really worried will Montana be able to run the football or not. 
from a running back standpoint, but is there going to be a guy who's going to be an elite breakout type of guy as opposed to, hey, we're just going to be able to run it here or there when we need to kind of deal? And, I, I, and, and what is that offense then going to look like? No doubt. Adam Eastfield was one of the camp last year. Uh, his ability to operate just in practice mode, like Bobby Houck wants, was uh, superior to almost everybody on the team, which is, makes sense since he came from a program where Coach Houck was. Yeah. He was a little bit more familiar with the style. And I think that helped him leap to the top of the depth chart. But he also wasn't pushed that much because the incumbents on the Grizz roster, you know, Jerry Calhoun, his whole saga, he was suspended and then hurt, and he was never really in the mix. Elijah Lee, for whatever reason, could not really break through to get himself in the mix either. And then there was not really much after that. And himself into that competition. That's not a solidified thing yet, but it's definitely been talked about both inside and outside the program. But if he can get himself into the competition, then I think he's such a competitive kid. He's the kid that we've had on the show before. He's an ultimate competitor, multiple state champion wrestler, multiple state champion quarterback up at Lincoln County High School in Eureka. And if he can thrust himself into that competition, I loved what I saw comp- competitive-wise from Drew Turner. Football. And I also loved what I saw just from a pure talent standpoint from Marcus Knight. Marcus Knight, I thought, made the biggest strides of almost anybody on the Grizz offense during spring ball. Bobby Houck talked about it openly. He said, you know, Marcus Knight had three fumbles in one practice early in spring ball. Marcus Knight ran all of Washington Grizzly Stadium with Bobby Houck yelling at him. <laughs> and by the end of spring ball, he was getting named by name by Bobby Houck as a guy who was doing the things the right way, who was having patience to see in the hole, who had improved his skill set all the way around. So uh, I think if he could be as advertised, he'd be pretty darn good. Stu Telenuana is 102.9 ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do another wing at Wednesday. We're here at the Desperado. Maybe we could do one in person, see if we can find somebody who wants to do a little bit of trivia with us, maybe win some wings right here on the spot. We'll see what we can do. Stu Telenuana will be back right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Well, this has never happened before, and this is why we came down to the Desperado today. My goodness, doing Wing It Wednesday with a live human being in person. Hi, Shane. Welcome to the show. How are you? Not too bad. How about yourself? Doing great. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it is uh, Two Tell Nuanas. We are down here at the Desperado, as mentioned. Hey, you're also 
normally in the Kurtz Polaris studios. We're at least sending the signal through there right now. And today is the last day of July, which also is the last day of their 30th anniversary sale. They're 30 years they've been in business. They're offering you 30% off. That's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. Secrets for the details. Chris Polaris, Missoula, and Sealy today get in there for the big sale. All right, Coulter, it is time for a Wing It Wednesday when we got Shane here on hand. Now, Shane, you've been sitting here. You've been wanting to get your name pulled out of the thing. We pulled a couple of names. You haven't gotten it. Did you get a free a free beverage, though, at least here? I did, and okay. I think that might be a little bit of an unfair advantage for Coulter here. Give me a couple <laughs> beers, and I might not think as well. No, no, it's not going to be as clear. Well, we'll see. We got the uh, we got the wings here for you for the desperate. All you got to do is answer two or uh, three questions. If you get two of them right, you got yourself the wings. If you get another one, you got yourself a uh, a, a, a shirt as well. And if you need help on any of them, Coulter, I am your lifeline because Coulter's asking the questions here. All right. All right. Shane, are you from Montana? That I am. Okay, so you, did you grow up in Missoula? I grew up in Ronan. Okay, so you but you lived in West Montana, so you big Grizz guy then probably, I'm assuming. Quite a bit, yeah. Okay, good. So we'll start out. we got three Big Sky Conference questions, two of them about the Grizz. So we'll start out first with name the former Montana Grizzly safety from Libby, who is the last Big Sky Conference player to earn multiple Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Year awards. He was the Big Sky Conference Defensive Player of the Year in 1999 and 2001. A safety from Libby, Montana, is the only guy in Big Sky Conference history to receive a Heisman Trophy vote. Was that Huntsberger? It is. Vince Huntsberger. Very good, Very good. Shane. Very no, well done. That is outstanding work. Now, Dr. Vince Huntsberger. Is fact. that yes, right? He is a surgeon in Sandpoint, Idaho. Impressive, impressive. Lots of people go to school for seven years. Coulter? <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two, Shane. Name the Billings native who was the starting quarterback on Montana's 2001 national title team. Mm. I'm trying to remember his deep actual in name. Thought. Deep in He's thought. Johnny Montana. John yep. Edwards. Very good. Johnny, Johnny Edwards. Edwards. Give this man his wings. Right there in hand, the quickest transfer of a Wing It Wednesday in the history <laughs> it is. It of is Wing It Wednesday on two Telenuanas. That is outstanding work here at the Desperado. Very well done. Did we bring a sh We should have brought a shirt. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to give him that hat, too. Okay, you're going to get, get a hat. One, you're going to get a hat for sure. <laughs> we'll see about a shirt, and uh, we'll see what we got. Okay, question number three, uh, and you have a lifeline like you'll need it or like it would be useful anyway. All right, number three. Since 2002, a total of 11 different Eastern Washington Eagles have won the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Give me two. Two former Eastern Washington players that were the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Of course, my brain's just going to go blank. You do have a lifeline. Cooper Cup. Absolutely. Cooper Cup was, which is crazy, he was only, quote unquote, two time Big Sky Conference. Two time. Officer, but yeah. I voted for him four years in a row. Yeah, well, why not? <laughs> I mean, well, why not? He only caught, you know, 416 passes. Yeah. So Cooper Cup is one. Can you give me one more? Every other guy that's won Big Sky Conference Player of the Year, save one, was a quarterback. So any of the quarterbacks, basically, yeah, the last 15 years. I can see their faces. Sure. Help me out here, Ryan. How about Adams? Vernon Adams. How about VA? Vernon Adams. Big play VA was the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year, both 2013 and 2014. Give the man a hat. 
Love Give it. Him, do we have some coffee? Give him some coffee. Look at Stu. We brought an assistant down here. <laughs> Stu, run over there and grab this man some coffee beans, would you? You get a drink. You're gonna get everything. Shane, excellent work, my man. Thanks for being here. Congratulations. Yeah, for down. That's Shane, how you do it. Wednesday. I love That's it. how you do it on a wing at Wednesday. You and I, we're gonna listen to some Project 86 later. Okay, we're gonna keep we the go. thing going. All right, that's what we're about. It is two tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you here on a Wednesday afternoon. We gotta tell everybody to, uh, that, you know, again, just kind of reiterate what we got going on. Today's the last day of our work week, right? And it's not just because we're at the Desperado and said, nah, forget it. This is where we want to be for the next four days. We're actually got stuff going on. So you and I are gonna be out of town uh, the next couple of days. You will be back on Monday. I will be back on Tuesday, uh, but we're going to wrap things up here. But we will on Monday do one more, uh, name that tune for tickets to the B-52s concert next week at the Kettle House Amphitheater. We will also uh, ha- be at Red's Bar next Thursday. So when you follow around the Two-Tell Nuanas summer tour around town, we'll be at Red's Bar downtown uh, next Thursday afternoon uh, from down there. So just want to, you know, don't want to, don't want you to get blindsided by anything on this whole deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Packed flush Montana football hour on Monday to lead off the show. I'll be in Bozeman checking out some fall camp there. They start a couple days earlier than the Grizz, and then uh, I'll also hit Grizz camp for the first day there. So we'll have some stuff from both sides of the rivalry, both sides of the Continental Divide. And then also I'm hoping to lobby Regime Seabrook to come in because I do have a really interesting conversation I want to have with him. Yeah, I, got, uh, I got, I have the honor now of voting in the Stats FCS poll both the top 25 and for the Walter Payton and Buck Buchanan Awards, which, by the way, Troy Anderson on the Walter Payton Award watch list, despite the fact that he is slated as a defensive (laughs) starter. We never see anything like this. If he gets on the Walter Payton and Buck Buchanan Award watch list, I will will say with certainty that's the first time that this one player has ever been on the watch list for both awards simultaneously ever. Yes. No question. Uh, But... um, Since I have a vote in this poll, I've been really researching some of the other leagues, specifically the Ivy Leagues. The Ivy League does not play in the playoffs. They hardly ever play non-conference games against teams that don't have their quote-unquote academic standards. Brown played Cal Poly a couple years ago. That was the first Big Sky team to ever play an Ivy League team, I believe. I know Montana State's tried to play an Ivy League teams throughout the years. Yeah. And I've never been able to really get them on the schedule. But all that said, there's a big debate over uh, amongst uh, sort of the guys that vote in the FCS poll, the FCS stats poll, whether Ivy League teams that aren't going to go to the playoffs deserve to be in the poll. Because mm-hmm. last year, Princeton finished at number 11. And, but, but they're not a playoff team, and they don't play anybody besides the other Ivy League teams. So where are we at with this? The reason I think Regime Seabrook would be an interesting guy is he's an Ivy League guy, yep. and he follows Ivy League football still uh, very passionately. And so I asked him what he thought of it, and he said, oh, I've got to come in, and we got to talk about that on the show. So hopefully we can get him in there Well, here's well. my take, and he can rip me on Monday if he wants to, but it, 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 I don't see it. I think they should be in, in the poll because it's not as if they're taking a position in the playoff. It's not like, it's not like something – it's not like their existence there in any way changes everything. I mean, to me, it's just, well, everybody's slotted up one. Would it matter if a team, like, for instance, last year, Montana State was the 25th team in the nation, mm-hmm. okay? And that, once you're on the poll, it, it, it carries some sway, like, just sure. to be listed on that thing. So that all of a sudden made the, the, the Cacris football game a top 25 matchup, or at least one team in the top 25. And if you win that game, say Montana wins that game, they've got to win over a top 25 team, which bolsters the roster. 
if you don't have, say, Princeton in there at 11, whatever team is number 26 could be slid, slotted in there. And that would, you know, that could in a scenario say, okay, well, now all of a sudden, you know, a win over a top 25 team or you made the pull and that gets you more recognition. But by and large, I think that it's, uh, you know, they're playing at this level of football. If they don't play anybody, then they shouldn't be ranked. But that's not an issue with the poll. That's not an issue with the being available to be in the poll. It's an issue with the voting and with the polling itself. So I don't, I, I don't see, I don't see a lot of problem to me with with the Ivy League being involved in the poll. And I think it's nice too because for crying out loud, maybe you get some name recognition out of it. You know what I mean? A lot of people sure. don't know who, you know, Monmouth is when it comes to football. Well, you probably know, you know, who Harvard is, even <laughs> if, you know, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick for crying out loud. Yeah, no doubt. It's an interesting debate. I think that the biggest point of contention is not necessarily them occupying places in the poll, even though they don't make the playoffs. I think it's actually more along the lines of the fact that they have this pretty strict tenant to not play other anybody else besides. Right. And so when your non-conference games are against the non-Ivy private schools like Bryant and things like that, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's just not very, it's not the highest level of conference. Sure, no. Interesting debate to have a regime. Okay. The other thing, I want to talk more about some of these fall camp storylines. So let's, let's take a break. Okay. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit more yep. about both Grizz and Bobcat football with fall camp just a couple days away. We'll take a quick break. We'll do that. We also got to talk about the Pioneer League All-Stars. All that coming up as we wrap up the show on a Wednesday afternoon. Back after this. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed. Guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Got to have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana, through Bozeman and around Gallatin County. More than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive. Innovative. And a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, live from the Desperado this afternoon. We are broadcasting through the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and time is running out because today is the last day to get 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories for Kurtz Polaris' 30th anniversary sale. That's right, their 30th birthday. you got to get down there. 30% off. With the purchase of any new Polaris, off-road vehicle, Beta or Husqvarna dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat, go check them out, Missoula and Sealy. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Kurtz 30th anniversary sale. If you missed anything in the show today, you listen on the podcast. The podcast available on the TuneIn Radio app and iTunes and Spotify and all those places where you get all those good podcast downloads. Listen, no matter where you go. Like me, I'm going on a road trip here in about 20 minutes. I need some time. i got to put... Something on, you know, keep me, keep my mind nimble, keep me thinking about things. 
Two Tell Nuanas podcast brought to us by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. All guests join us via the Orangish Brothers RV phone line. And if you want to listen out of market or it's just easier for you on a device, you can check it out on the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Congratulations to Trent Coulter. Trent did get the tickets. He claimed the tickets. He's got them. Oh, I'll turn you up. How about that? Sorry, I got you all. Congratulations to Trent. Yeah, he's all fired up. So he's uh, doing. Uh, he's going to be going to the Grizzly uh, Oregon Duck football game on September the 14th. He's very excited about that based on our <laughs> interaction. He's pumped up, so uh, that makes me happy as well. If you didn't get tickets this time, the bus keeps on moving. The Reds Bar, a week from tomorrow, Thursday the 8th. They're going to be at Reds Bar. You get on down there. You enjoy yourself uh, uh, some more Woodmer Hefeweizen down there at Reds, and you get yourself in the box. They got a box down there. You put it in there. We'll pull your name out. You will go to Eugene, Oregon uh, for the tickets. Coulter, before we finish up on some fall camp stuff, I just quickly want to acknowledge uh, the Pioneer League All-Star team that was released today, including five Missoula Osprey, three Billings Mustangs, and two Great Falls Voyagers uh, on this thing. A total of 10 uh, uh, All-Stars from the, that are playing baseball in the state of Montana, and two starters, both from Missoula. Leover Paguero at shortstop, uh, and then Tristan Carranza in the outfield. So both of those guys, not just all-stars, but starters in the uh, Pioneer League uh, playing against the Northwest League. That'll be next week from Boise at the uh, 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 Memorial Stadium in Boise, Idaho. But five guys making the team uh, from the Missoula Osprey, and then uh, five other guys collectively between the uh, Great Falls Voyagers and Billings. So pretty cool time of year. Fun to be able to play in an all-star game and, uh, and, and a little rest, even in a shortened season. I was talking to some folks last night. We went to the Montana Downtown Association barbecue, which was the Missoula Downtown Association barbecue, excuse me, uh, which was a cool event, really fun down at Karis Park. We were sitting with a bunch of folks from the Osprey, so I was asking a couple of the folks that have worked over there for a long time what they thought of this, of Leovel Perguero, because I've seen him live now three times, yep. and I think he's spectacular. He flashes good. every single time. He flashes every time, and I think that he plays the game with the right uh, mindset. I mean, even the one of the games we went to, I think he went over four. But even just the fire he had trying to run the run out of you know a ground ball to first base and some of the plays he makes at shortstop, you know, one of the Osprey people was telling me it's actually a point of coaching now where they're trying to get the, the center fielder to reassume calling for the ball when he's coming in because Piguero has such crazy range that when a ball is hit anywhere in his vicinity, everybody's kind of like, well, Piguero's got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I, he's just going to go get it. He's going to go chase <laughs> it down. And they're trying to teach these guys, hey, not everybody is this guy. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to learn how to come in and, and charge the ball from center field. But I asked one person, I'll, I'll leave their name out of it, but I asked him where he ranks in, in Osprey history, and he said, I think he's the best shortstop we've ever had. And that's wow. coming from, you know, this is the Diamondbacks have, have scouted shortstops really well. Even in the last four or five years, they've had some legit prospects, including Alex Thomas, uh, Blaze uh, Alexander. They've had a bunch of really good guys. Piguero, at only 19 years old, he's a slick dude, man. He, he, he looks like a dude who could someday be playing in a show, and that's, that's impressive. So there's, you know, about a month and a half left in the Osprey season. If you haven't gone down and checked him out yet, I would suggest 
do so because he is he's definitely worth the price of admission himself. Buguera was acquired uh, as an international free agent in 2017 at the age of 16, which is uh, impressive. He played in the Dominican Summer League and then the Arizona League, and uh, he is uh, uh, leading the team not just uh, defense. I mean, I don't know if you say he's leading defensively, but he's an elite defender at the shortstop position. But he is leading in batting average, 86 hits in 75 games. Uh, the, last year in the Arizona League, he's also leading the team this year in batting average as well, the Missoula Osprey, and he's, as you said, worth the price of admission all day long. So uh, that's uh, congratulations to all those guys who are going to be going to Boise next week to play in the All-Star game. Certainly a feather in the cap. And, you know, when you're talking about trying to move up, you know, in a farm system, trying to get noticed, well, you know, being on an All-Star team, particularly a starter in an All-Star game, uh, it's a, a good way to uh, get some recognition headed to that next level. Let's talk a little bit of these fall camp storylines. Let's do it. Go we? ahead, I got Coulter. a couple more left. We yep. talked about Montana State's quarterback battle, obviously, which is the biggest storyline in the state of Montana uh, coming into fall camp. We talked about the transfers that Bobby Houck added to the Montana roster in the offseason. I think those are both uh, really good ones. You mentioned the running backs battle in Montana, which I think is going to be uh, good as well. Um, and then I got one more each. I guess I got two more for the Grizz which are just two position battles that I'll be watching. I got one more for the Cats. So I think that the two position battles to me that are really intriguing are, number one, on the interior defensive line. I think that there's some young guys who uh, maybe the common Grizz fan. Who are we talking about? Montana? Montana. Montana. There's some young guys on Montana's defensive line that maybe the common fan hasn't seen in action yet. Guys like Alex Gubner, guys like Eli Alford, uh, guys like Braden Deming. I think that if, if even just one of those guys can rise up and be good enough to start, then I think it, it reshuffles Montana's defensive line. I think you can move Jesse Sims then to strong end, and then I think you can play a variety of those transfer guys at the other edge spot along with also R.J. Nelson and Jed Nagler. And then all of a sudden maybe you have five different edge guys. Maybe even throw Cole Grossman in the mix as well. You know, about five or six edge guys that uh, can can get after the pass, get after the quarterback, and that's been something that's been missing for Montana the last couple right. of years. Uh, so I think that there's a domino effect that could happen if they could get production from those interior guys. I think the other battle that's intriguing uh, is the at, at safety. Robbie Houck is certainly solidified uh, as kind of the, the one high safety that they run in their scheme. For sure. But I think that the other side, there's some talented guys there. You know, Gavin Robertson took some reps there. Reed Miller graduates. Uh, they tried to solidify that position via transfer with Reed Miller transferring from Arkansas and Gavin Robertson tra- transferring from Arizona last year. But in the meantime, I think that the young guys that have developed have been really impressive to watch. I thought one of my standouts of fall or of spring ball, excuse me, was Nash Fouch. He was a redshirt freshman. He's from Woodenville, Washington. He looks the part all day. When him and Bobby Houck are, or when him and Robbie Houck are lined up next to each other, uh, it is definitely a fascinating pair to look at because <laughs> Robbie Houck is 5'8", Nash Fouch is six three and a half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you got one guy who looks all day like a uh, even a basketball player because of his long limbs you got Robbie Houck who's just tiny but Robbie Houck you know he's, he's not backing down to anybody but I think Nash Fouch uh, I think Jackson Pepe has made big strides he's a kid from Kalispell Glacier and I think Michael McGinnis man I think that Michael McGinnis is a really good player he's from Sydney Montana he was a developmental guy when he first came in but now here he is coming into his third year as a redshirt sophomore and he's made a lot of progress too I think he is a guy uh, that could um, challenge and push there too so I'm going to be watching that as well what about Josh Sandry and then uh, the other Gavin, Gavin Crow? Well, Gavin Crow is back at safety, so he will definitely be yeah. in the mix as well. you got to remember, too, Montana, basically the scheme that they're running, 
uh, yeah, layman's terms, you'd say it's a 3-3-5. But honestly, they're playing three safeties. you got Robbie Houck, who runs the alley. That's why I call him yeah. the one-high guy, because he is the guy that's running the alley. He's the run-fit guy. If Dante Olsen doesn't make the tackle, Robbie Houck is the guy that has the next responsibility to make the tackle. Then you have kind of the free safety guy, who's the roamer, the center fielder, the guy that's going to be backdropping a lot of times, as Robbie Houck is kind of the lever that's coming forward. But then you're playing that third safety, which basically amounts to a rover. So what Josh Sandry played last year was basically a hybrid between a strong safety, a Sam linebacker, and a nickelback. He's landed up over top the slot a bunch of times. A lot of times in the cover three, he has the wide third of the field. Uh, and I, I think that you know, Sandry's going to be the dude at that spot, no doubt. And I think Gavin Crow could provide depth there. But Gavin Crow might actually also throw himself into the mix and push Robbie Houck a little bit and also push Michael McGinnis and... Uh, Nash Fouch and uh, Jackson Pepe at the other spot too. So I think that the Montana, it's funny because when Bobby Houck took over, he talked about we got to find a, he knew the quarterback battle was going to be a deal, but he never really uh, made that into any sort of big time position battle. It was more, well, how are we going to be on the offensive line? Do we have corners that can get us through a game? How do we have any depth at, at linebacker and safety? They went from having no depth at safety and having to add transfers to just get by. I mean, they brought all three of their main safeties last year. Reed Miller, Gavin Robertson, and Robbie Houck were all transfers. Well, now they've cultivated some depth, and I think getting, switching Gavin Crow back to safety is huge. And I think that the fact that those redshirt freshmen that I just named, the, the progress those guys have made, that's big for Montana too. So I think that's going to be a really interesting position battle to watch. Okay, that's a good one. I got What's one more from Montana one? Let's State. Hear it. Montana State is a sort of an esoteric one. It's not a tangible position battle. I want to see the vibe of fall camp at Montana State because every team I've covered that's been a championship team, whether it was the 2007 through 2009 Grizz or whether it was the 2008 or 2010 uh, Central Washington Wildcats or if it was Montana State 2010 through 2012 when they won three straight Big Sky titles, those teams have distinct vibes during fall camp. It's a business-like attitude. It is a get better every day. It's a standard that exists across the roster. Good reps all the time. It does not matter if you're a three. There's no, there's no loafing. If you're on practice number 17, three weeks into this thing, there's no taking breaks. You, everybody's got to make everybody better at all times. Championship teams that I've watched conduct fall camp, they do that. Teams that are trying to rebuild or, or restructure or young teams. I mean, fall camp was a far cry for what Bobby Huck wanted it to be last year because everybody's still acclimating to his practice style and to the demands of what he wants. It was very similar to Jeff Choate's first fall camp. Choate came into a program that had had almost no full contact during any offseason period. And he said, this is not how we're going to do this. We're going full contact all the time. Well, it, it was it was a, a culture change and a, an element of toughening of the Bobcat roster, but they also suffered just this rash of injuries because these guys were not used to playing full contact football so often. And so uh, I think that the vibe is going to be so important. And, and it, like I said in the first segment, if the quarterbacks aren't performing at an efficient level and that's affecting the way that the rest of the team operates, that can get you into a little bit of a muddy mess because then all of a sudden you got some resentment getting bounced around the position groups and the roster. On the other hand, if everything's operating efficiently and everybody's playing at a high level, now all of a sudden that might be able to push the quarterbacks up as well. So I do think there's it's going to be distinctly different fall camps at Montana and Montana State, but I think that they both have equal level of intrigue. Uh, I, I want to dovetail, though, on that as well. You know, the old moniker, defense wins championships. And one thing, you know, is, is that true? I don't know if it's, a, if it's 100% true, but I think it's more often true than not. But one of the things that I find to be unique, and it goes right along with what you just said, Coulter, regarding, uh, 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 you know, the vibe, so to speak, the mentality of it. Defensive football teams, they come in, they come in with a little bit of uh, uh, attitude. 
okay? They come in with not just physical play because you have to to play defense, but they come in with a level of arrogance and expectation, competitive arrogance that says, you know what we're going to do to you? Whatever we want to do to you on this football field today. And that translates when you've built the program around that, that translates into practice, into camp, and all of that kind of thing. When you talk about championship types of clubs or teams with expectations which montana state now has it's different when it's built around a great offense we're going to go out and we're going to score a whole bunch of points and do everything like that the attitude is just different and i think that while montana state was winning big sky championships conference championships under rob ash i don't know if that that sort of vibe was there which i anticipated to be this season will it translate we'll find out additionally though it's something to play for the first time in any of the guys who have been there in this program right now with expectation. They've been building and building, and they've gotten to a point where you and I, and I think a lot of people you know, across the conference, across the country, think that they're going to be good, maybe very good, but they have got to do it now that people think that, that you, know, you have to prove that that's what you're going to do. And the thing is, especially with the schedule, you said, what happens if Montana State takes a step back? Right. What happens if all of a sudden they're not as good, not totally. even just as good as you expect, as good as they were last year? Where are you at then? And that could be really demoralizing. I don't... Uh, I just think it sets up really well for Montana State this year. It Frankly, it just does. But you, you got to go do that. But I think building it out of the defense is the right way to do it because the defense is the ones that can go out there and go, let's just go wreck some people. Let's just go, ju let's just go stuff it and then, and, then, and then let everything else fall in from there. And I think that, you know, there's a level of execution that you don't have to have defense. Obviously, you do have to execute, but you can just go out there and make a play and be better than the next guy and be successful. No doubt. It'll be fascinating uh, to cover on both sides as we lead up to the 2019 season. Quick update for you before yeah. we get you yep, out yep, of yep, here yep. and before our week's end. Look out now. This is basically like the this is like the last couple days before school starts for me. I got to go back to school. I'm starting <laughs> on Friday, so this is, this is it. But a uh, quick update from the State Legion Baseball Tournament in Billings. The Bozeman Bucks, the first double-A title for the Bucks since 2007. They wow. are a 6-1 victor over the Billings Royals. That's the first non-Missoula or Billings team since 2007 to win the Class AA Legion Baseball Championship in Montana. So congratulations to the Bozeman Bucks, a historic win for them, and a sort of a changing of the guard at the Class AA level yeah, 12, for Legion Baseball. Yeah, 12 years since it's gotten out of uh, Missoula or Billings. And Missoula went into that tournament as the number one team. Number one seed. Uh, but that's that's baseball for you. So congratulations to Bozeman. Didn't even have to get into the nightcap, Colter. Didn't even have to get into the prove-it game. They went and got the thing done. We're clearly the best team in this tournament over there in Billings, by the way. Mm -hmm. They played uh, at Deller Park, so that's a, a, a big win for them. Well, as Coulter alluded to, again, if you weren't with us before, but this is the last show of the week here for Tutel Nuanas. We are out. I am uh, one minute away from starting driving west on I-90. Or you, nah. If I go west on I-90, I'm really You're messing really myself take a long up. Time I got no idea. I got no idea. I'm west. going to the Midwest. That's what gets me all turned around. But it's going to be a fun drive, uh, so we'll be out there uh, doing that. I'll be back with you on Tuesday. Coulter will be back with you on Monday. We'll keep going with this crazy mess. So thanks to the Desperado and to Widmer for having us here again. Next Thursday, we will be at Red's Bar, so come on down and see us there. We'll get another name picked out of the hat here uh, for uh, tickets to the Grizzly Oregon Duck football game. Until then, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week and weekend. We'll catch up with you again next week. It's Tutel Nuanas, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television.
Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.